0: hello and welcome back to a functional approach with dr jim Chaltis. i am dr jim Chaltis and today i will also be patient jim Chaltis. i'm going to walk you through some things that i've been kind of working with over the last three months uh, some new medical information that has come to light and i am not um, shy about sharing these things with you and i, I do hope that it resonates in some way I do hope to use my case as an example um, for things that you might be going through or things that your loved ones might be going through. Um, You know, we're gonna talk about cardiovascular health. And, you know, I've done one other episode on, on the cardiovascular system and cholesterol And that's gonna kind of give you the backbone for what we're gonna talk about today. So if you have not listened to that one, just scroll down in the list and and maybe have a listen to that as some some homework before this particular episode. Um, I'll do my best at kind of um, bringing everybody up to speed on some of the basic concepts, but that previous episode really goes more in depth into the kind of the complexity that is this cardiovascular slash cholesterol concept You know in large part the basic cholesterol that that we all worry about um that we all get tested for routinely that the doctors hammer down our throats all the time um you know this basic lipid profile of ldl cholesterol quote-unquote bad cholesterol and and hdl the good kind um you know that that's the the predetermining factor in your early death well it's just a bit outdated you know and and that the previous episode will get a lot more into that but what I can say about my own history I have perfect cholesterol you know from a mainstream perspective, anything you know a total cholesterol under 200 is considered to be all fine and good um, you know but but is that really the whole story but but long story short I, I was I was at that level for m- most of my life and then when I turned about 40 or so. You know, what the what all the older folks say is is totally true. I, I find that, you know, you kind of get past 40 and things just all of a sudden start showing up. So that happened for me. Um, I, I've always been an active person. I've always been a, a pretty healthy person um, with my diet and lifestyle and, and really all of the risk factors for things like cardiovascular disease just weren't really there. Um, after I turned 40, I started noticing my cholesterol creeping up a little bit, you know, went from like 180 total cholesterol, um, to like, let's just say 211. Now, Now I'm flagging just a little bit high, but I'm not too worried about that. All of my, my vascular inflammation markers were very, very low. Um, you know, my triglycerides were healthy. I wasn't obese, you know. I'm I'm not obese today. I don't I don't have a lot. Of, I'm not a smoker, right? I didn't have all those risk factors. So eh, so what? I know that there's way more to the story than just what's my total cholesterol and what's my LDL cholesterol and all that. Uh, as we talked about in that last episode, it has a lot more to do with how inflamed your vessels are, how sticky they become, and then you know when you're talking about something like LDL how large are the particles are they big and buoyant is what we would call them buoyant or fluffy particles that just tend to float right on by and not really stick into the lining of the artery that would be ideal that would be called a pattern A, a ldl particle and the other one being a pattern b which is more of a dense small a uh, little particle that, you know, can can furrow into the lining of the arteries quite easily and then cause your placking and cause your cardiovascular disease, right? So um, I've always been, you know, had nice and big fluffy particles and they just so happened to have a little extra cholesterol shoved inside of them. So my, my basic lipid panel started to creep up. But, you know, every time I took that test, it just kept getting higher up until about, three months ago. Well, I guess I, I go back a bit. At least nine months or, or 10 months ago was probably the last time I had a basic blood test that looked at things like that. Um, it was you know, up around 190. That was my LDL. I'm sorry. LDL was 190. My total cholesterol was 285. So remember, I said total cholesterol shouldn't be above 200 really. I was at 285. That's that's starting to get up there pretty significantly. And and previous to that, it was in the 260s, and it would kind of jump around 20 points or so here and there. But collectively, I was a you know 260 or greater for for many years. I'm I'm not quite 48 now. So really, for the last eight years or so, um, the cholesterol has been creeping up, creeping up enough that it would concern a mainstream doctor. Right, me knowing what I know about all of the other, you know, risk factors and 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 being a rock star in those things in general, um, I was not worried. So um, now, about three months ago, a dear friend of mine um, came to visit from out of town, and and this particular friend um, does have a pretty strong history of of people in his family, men in his family. Um, Dying of heart cardiovascular disease, you know, heart attacks at, at relatively early ages. Okay, so there's a strong family history, and that is absolutely something to pay attention to when you're concerned, you know, with looking at your cholesterol and assessing cardiovascular risk. Right, if everybody in the family is dying in sixties or you know or something like that, or earlier, heaven forbid, uh, and you know you even have sort of like a moderately low cholesterol, like maybe two hundred and ten or fifteen you know maybe that's that's a big problem for that person because genetically they might have something going on Uh, or maybe they're just highly inflamed or have diabetes or something so so that kind of stuff is important to to appreciate what's the family history like in my family all of the men that I know we all have extremely high cholesterol not one of those old guys passes away early of cardiovascular disease they don't die of heart attacks they don't really die of strokes Um, my my father's father died of a stroke, but you know, he was in pretty old age, he was a smoker. You know, he went through World War II and was interned in a war camp and had a very stressful time in his life. Um, So, you know, he would be in that high risk category. And um, all I can say is that after that, that gentleman, um, my father, his two brothers, and then on my other side, um, that's not really happening. I have one uncle who passed away um, in his, I think he was about 70, uh, maybe not quite, uh, with an enlarged heart, but that was from something else. That's not the same as having a clogged artery. So my family history is basically spick and span. You know, it's just, okay, so I've got high cholesterol. Great. They're all in that real small, dense particle, and I, my, my arteries are nice and uninflamed, and nothing should be sticking, and all that's fine and good. Okay, so there's my backstory my buddy comes down and I say, hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's order a coronary artery calcium score. You know, I can order those things. We've talked about it in my previous episodes, but um, it's basically a fancy CT scan of the chest. It looks at calcium, which is a primary co- component of arterial plaque. We, we think of plaque as sort of like soft and gooey fats because that's sort of how it's sold to us. You know, you eat your saturated fats and you get heart disease. Um, I can tell you it doesn't quite work like that for most people. Um, but I actually had an opportunity to do a, an autopsy with a, a patient of mine many, many years ago. She was a, a, a medical examiner here in San Diego and, and uh, allowed me to come in and actually observe and even assist with the, uh, the autopsy, which was just a fascinating um, you know, look at anatomy in, in ways that I just never seen before. So one of the things that that they do is I mean they they literally slice every organ within a centimeter uh, of slices uh, and to just to check for any kind of pathology along the way and so one of the things that that she did was um open up the coronary arteries and observe the plaquing and uh and had me feel I had a gloved hand on mind you of course but um had had me feel the inside of that artery and it felt hard and rough like shark skin I don't know if you've ever had the chance to pet a shark or feel shark skin or, a, or a, a ray or a skate of some kind of animal like that and their skin is very very rough and that's exactly what it felt like in the artery so you can appreciate as the blood is flowing through that artery right it's always going in one direction in that artery um, it, it, it has a shear force now right if there's a plaque developing in that arterial wall that becomes unstable and you have this constant flow of blood just going and going in one direction Well, then that plaque can dislodge right and now this particle floats downstream to smaller and smaller vessels and becomes stuck and then you have your heart attack or your stroke or your you know embolism in your lung which is kind of like a lung heart attack it can get things stuck in your extremities no good not a good thing to have so long story short we went in for these scans. I I said, you know what? Hey buddy, I'm turning 48. Yeah, I'll just go with you. Why not? Let's just get a little baseline here, right? So we went in, um, super easy procedure, cost us a hundred bucks each, pennies for for taking a look at your heart like that. And my buddy, I'm happy to report, spick and span, not a bit of plaque in that gentleman. He happens to be um, a pretty high endurance athlete um, an elite athlete in a lot of ways um, at, at least he has been in his you know for a large chunk of his life <laughs> and he he works outdoors he, he works um, you know with his body and, uh, and and really just has that benefit just waking up every day right so I was so pleased to see that my buddy was um, was doing great even though there's a strong family history and and maybe a few things on the blood test that are concerning it's not developing plaque, right? So that puts into perspective these, these lipid panels, right? Oh my gosh, I have a high cholesterol. My LDL is high. Oh no, I maybe I should take the statin drug uh, with all the side effects that it may or may not have for me. I don't know, all right? That's between you and your doctor. But are they looking for cardiac plaquing? Are they looking for that in the, are the arteries starting to develop plaque or not? You know, I mentioned in my one of my earlier, just a couple of days ago, I, I posted about um, rucking and you know carrying weighted packs and and how we need to strengthen our bones and our muscles because osteoporosis isn't a problem until you fall, right? So cholesterol is not a problem until you develop plaque, you know, and then you know it's it builds and then it becomes unstable and rancidifies and you know oxidizes and then it becomes unstable and there you go, right? So if you don't have the plaque we don't need to worry as much about the blood tests that's my opinion now we don't want those things to keep going and then developing plaques so don't just eat like a crazy person and, uh, and think you're going to be great forever if you have no plaque today you, you may next year so anyways comes to me um, this particular scan looks at like four or five major arteries of the heart you know you have your right side of the heart which um, is important of course, but less important than the left side. The left ventricle uh, is what is the heart, part of the heart that really pumps the blood to the whole body into the brain. Yeah. So if you, if you have a heart attack in, in some of those uh, arteries, then that part of the heart dies and you just can't pump blood to your brain and to your organs and then you perish. Or, or you become very sick and you're hospitalized and, you know, and, and that whole business. So you, you don't want the left side impacted as much as possible. Um, as it turns out, one of my arteries, I had all zeros except for one, and uh, it was in the left circumflex artery, which is one of the main arteries of the left side of the heart. It's not a good one to have diseased. Um, and I had a score of 41. Now that doesn't mean 41% blocked. That means i had a score of 41 and and these scores can get up into the thousands right um if you have a if you have a calcium score of a a thousand or two thousand you have an imminent heart attack on on your horizon literally any day it it could be tomorrow it could be next year but you will have one at at some point um the way it kind of works is you want zeros obviously you you absolutely want zeros a one is not as good (laughs) as a zero but but realistically Zero to 10 or so is considered to be very mild risk, especially if you look at the whole system and everything else looks pretty good. You know, then a zero to 10 is actually reversible and, um, you know, you can change things and, and never suffer any kind of cardiac incident and just be thankful that it was found. Now, 11 to 100 will put that person into either a mild risk or a moderate risk. And that again depends on the other risk factors is there obesity is there smoking is there hypertension all Right? is there high homocysteine levels uh, are there sex hormone imbalances are there thyroid imbalances are they um are, are they you know, sedentary are their blood vessels inflamed all right these are all questions that need answering do they have infections in their arteries like H. pylori or cytomegalovirus? Or, you know, there's a whole, I want to do a whole episode on infections that lead to heart disease. I think it's fascinating. Anyways, um, it goes so much farther beyond the the, the cholesterol model. It's not even funny. Um, so anyways, getting back to myself, I, I don't have any of those things, right? <laughs> I I I look great in so many other ways, but I happen to have just a little bit of placking in one of my major arteries. Why that one? I have no idea, don't know. Uh, I wish I could have seen it before the COVID experience because with the shots and the disease, we are now seeing a lot more cardiovascular issues come up. Um, There are some known immune cross reactions. And in fact, those, um, those spikes and those viruses can get into those tissues Triggering the immune system to attack them—it's just what it's just what immune systems do if they have a viral infection. They they tend to destroy that cell as a as a collateral damage to save the life of the organism, right? That's that's the brakes. Uh, but we're seeing a, a rising number of of young men, especially with myocarditis, now as a result of I would say both the um, you know both the disease and the vaccine. We, we cannot deny the existence of, that that both are, are causing problems for a population of people. So I don't know if this in me was something that had to do with maybe um, a COVID thing. I, I, I don't know, um, no way to prove it, but it could be something else, right? And, and I did find something else. So I'll get to it that in a second, but I got this result and I'm like, oh man, dang it. You know, who needs that, right? I already hit my head a few times. I got some head stuff, um, you know, I get headaches and you know, I get a little dizzy if I push myself too hard um post-concussions all that business and um, i have a few autoimmune mechanisms in me nothing that was big enough to create autoimmune disease right Um, like i said i had a sister that had type 1 diabetes that's an autoimmune disease she needed medical care constantly or or she would have died in her teenage years Um, that's the definition of a disease Um, i don't have anything like that I, i i happen to have three autoimmune mechanisms, antibodies to, to self tissue um, that I only know about because I looked, right? Because I have the fortune of uh, of having a medical license that allows me to order things. I found plaque in my heart because I had the ability to order a coronary artery calcium score on myself and my good buddy who I love. Um, and we did that totally preventatively. Right. You you don't want to keep getting cardiac scans or CT scans. And you're blasting your chest with, you know, some electromagnetic radiation. You don't want to do that all the time, but I've never had one. And so it was time. And thank goodness, because if I didn't know about that, I would have appreciated my high cholesterol as a simple artifact of weak genetics or something. All the men in my family have it. Not one of those guys dies of heart disease at any unreasonable age. and so i would have just kept going right but my 41 you know in my artery at, at the age of 47 and a half ish you know or so um would would look a lot different at age 57 and a half ish right at, at 10 years from now that 41 could have progressed likely would have progressed right because now that there's a rough patch in the artery it just starts to build that's just kind of how it works I like i put a little piece of velcro in there now right so um, now the, the more cholesterol and particles that I have, the the in theory the more that I could build that. So I, I did find that. So the very first step, something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. But hey, I've never had the time to do it. Right? Is that and that the excuse that us patients always make for ourselves? I don't have the time to do it. I don't have the money to do it. The answer is yes, you do. And so what I did was I went to the YMCA that day, and my way home from work, and I. Paid for a membership, and I have been in the gym, crushing that bike with cardio as my mainstay, um, three to four times a week. I go anywhere from thirty to forty-five minutes on the on the stationary bike, um, kind of like those spin bikes. And in the past, I always uh would be bored out of my skull when I was on one of those things. But now I've got intention, right? My intention is clear. My arteries, because that's how you do it, right? high intensity bursts, high intensity cardio exercise, it, it opens the arteries. You release something called endothelial nitric oxide synthase, E-NOS. Endothelial is the lining of the inside of the artery. It's a very dynamic tissue, it's not just a tube. It's a, it's a very dynamic, it's a gland in fact. Uh, it's the largest gland in our body because our vessels are massive, the surface area. So if those are inflamed or sick, then um, they they don't function mine happily are not inflamed and sick but you can still make them produce more enos enos is an enzyme in the body and one of the things that it does aside from helping us control our blood vessel constriction and dilation which is a very important concept um, especially for things like erectile dysfunction which we could get into later um, but it dissolves plaque It helps us clean our arteries. That's one of the reasons why good cardio exercise is so important for our our longevity and our wellness. right? Um, Our health span, remember that term from a few episodes ago, our health span? We need good circulation. And what we don't need is our heart clogging up and possibly stopping on us. right? So that was step one. I, I got into the gym, I started using cardio exercise in the pool and on the bike, a little bit on the treadmill. Uh, as just the mainstay All right now I'm getting in a couple hours a week of of real real good high intensity burst cardio and then I also incorporated some weights which I've never done and that's had its own um, lovely benefits on the side um, I th- have also added to that anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes you know I usually will do 15 to 20 minutes at a time of some pretty um, intense sauna I will talk about sauna and you know deliberate heat exposure and heat shock proteins and all that in another episode, but I've been getting in regular sauna and sauna, and I'm talking 190 degrees roughly, uh, give or take five degrees, uh, depending on how many times the door's been opened that in that that session. But but on average, it's about 190 degrees, 15 to 20 minutes at a time. That seems to work well for me. Um, one of the things that that does, and there are many benefits, is it gets your heart thumping hard, right? And so you have to be careful now. Don't just be a a, a cardiac compromised person and go jump into a sauna. That could be too much stress for your heart. Um, But I I feel like I've got a strong, healthy heart. So I would sit there and I am actually getting a cardiovascular benefit just by sitting on my butt in the sauna, right? I'm clearly not working my muscles. I just did that on the bike and in the gym with the weights but my heart is bump, is pumping. My heart is exercising, right? That is a, a wonderful side effect of a sauna. It's a cardiovascular benefit. So um, I've increased my cardiovascular experience just probably a hundredfold. I mean, I, I wasn't doing much. I was rucking. I was putting on weight on my back. Uh, I do push-ups. I had to do a few pull-ups here and there. Um, and that was kind of it. So that's been a big change. Um, another thing I did was I, um, I, I did a follow-up test, a, a blood test called a lipid phenotype test. Lipid phenotype. I will devote, this is a cardiology series that I'm doing here, a little mini series in my, in my podcast on, on cardiovascular health. So um, this is number two in that series. I will do more, but what I, I'll tell you now is a lipid phenotype test. It's a genetic test, right and there are something like five or maybe six different possible genetic traits some of which will have you have very high cholesterol scary high but you will live to be hundred and twenty and it has nothing to do with your longevity just you you just walk around with high cholesterol so what now there's a lipid phenotype 2a and the 2b you don't want those you don't want either of those Um, 2a is not as bad as 2b okay Um, I was positive for 2A, which means for any of my family members listening, um, you might have that too. Because in talking to all of you lovelies, I know that you all have high cholesterol. So (laughs) sorry to out you here, but um, you're already being managed as well. So it just could be one more piece of the puzzle, right? Um, Now I found this genetic trait. What that means for me is that I lack genetically a little cholesterol transport protein right so we eat cholesterol we need we we require cholesterol for life we must have it otherwise we die every cell membrane is made of it our brains are made of it so we have to consume it um, but we use it we break down our tissues we lose some in our stool everything you know it has to be eliminated eventually and so we have little transport molecules inside of our cells that do that that help us eliminate cholesterol because guess what that sucker's about to eat a hamburger tomorrow and it's gonna get a whole lot more in there. So we gotta regulate it, right? I was—I think I'm gonna turn into a carnitas one of these days. I, I used to eat carnitas constantly and I wasn't shy of animal fats in my life. Um, they, I, I believe in them. I believe that they're healthy for us if eaten correctly with a healthy amount of vegetable and not very much carbohydrate. I think you can thrive that way. Ask the Eskimo, you know, ask, all of the hunter-gatherers throughout our whole entire history of humanity uh, there's plenty of cultures that that eat this way and do perfectly well so that was me right living my best life um it just so happens that i lack the genetically i lack a transporter so i couldn't clear the damn cholesterol out so it just kept building that's why for whatever reason genetic things do they click on they click on at some point in your life for some reason in my 40s it was a high stress time that might have been the reason might have been the reason it's hard for me to know but that's when i noticed the shift so i have to do for myself what i don't ten, tend to recommend most people do and that is dramatically reduce my cholesterol in my diet <laughs> i don't recommend that for people that that have that don't have a genetic trait like i do okay i'm, I'm special now i'm in that I'm in mean, that subcategory. I'm in mean, that small group that needs to be treated differently. It just so happens that I'm treating myself the same way the mainstream treats everybody. But I can tell you, it's the carbohydrates that kill you. It's not the saturated fats most of the time, provided that you know you you don't have these rare genetic traits. So that's something I did. I dramatically reduced my diet. It's my my cholesterol intake. Right. Um, went much more to a plant-based diet. And um, I'm eating a little bits of, of animal fats here and there, but I'm having mostly fish and I'm having mostly poultry as far as my animal proteins. Uh, and I'm thriving that way too. It feels fantastic. Um, okay. Third thing I did was started taking things that start to break down a plaque. Natto kinase, the, the traditional Japanese fermented food. It's a, It's a fermented soybean. It is not typically something for the typical American palate. It is a it is a funky food, man. It is tough to get down, <laughs> um, but it is a it's a cherished food over there in Japan. You no, know, and and they live forever. I mean, they 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 do not have the same heart disease as we have here. They drink a lot of green tea and they eat natto, perhaps, and they do a lot of other wonderful things. So culturally, they've got that going for them, whereas us Americans not so much um so I, I i tried eating that for a little while I, I lasted about a week and then i switched over to the pills you can take natokinase the enzyme isolated enzyme for that i've been taking that uh and a, and a few other enzymes lumbrokinase it's an enzyme that comes from earthworms mm-hmm. and the, the chinese medical model uses earthworms as one of the herbs because hey they knew that it helps circulation they didn't know anything about lumbrokinase they were ancients um but they they knew that that these you know incorporating earthworm into their diet in some fashion maybe if it's boiled into tea perhaps um, that that could help improve circulatory function and, and let yeah, sure enough it did so uh, I've been I've been dabbling with those as well to help kind of actually add enzymes that are known to chew up these plaques um, also been taking things um there's a formula that i use called nitric balance and i i won't list all the ingredients in there because there's too many but but what one of the things it does is it helps turn up enos endothelial nitric oxide synthase right that i, that I mentioned it helps dissolve plaque that's my goal i have a 12-month goal to revi- review my sorry revisit my coronary artery calcium score and and see what i've done to that plaque that 41 is not too high not 400. If you have a 400, you're not going to get to zero. Probably not. You'll probably be stuck with some degree. You might be able to get it to shift a little. But a 41, I'm feeling optimistic that I'll be able to get that down considerably. If not to zero, then at least to, you know, 10 or, or 20. You know, if, if that happens, then hey, I'm looking good. Doing good. Um, and then the final thing that I've, I've done is I, I have decided to add. Um, an herb called red yeast rice extract red yeast rice um, this is the herbal precursor to the drug class of statin drugs the hmg coa reductase inhibiting drugs right the hmg coa reductase enzyme in our in our um in our livers i believe um is largely responsible for helping us um you know process cholesterol correctly. So that's what those statin type drugs work on. They they inhibit that enzyme so that you, um, you're you left with less cholesterol. Now, there's a whole can of worms with that drug I don't wanna get into right now. You get, you get a lot of bad things with the good things. So I'm not a big fan, but the red yeast rice extract, though not as potent, of course, the pharmaceutical drugs are, are big guns, right? And there's a time for that. There's a time and a place for that. I didn't feel that my time was now for that. If I went to my doctor, they would absolutely pressure me to be on those medications. And I will say no thank you to them for that, for, for me, for right now, because I have a plan. And I i have determined that I am not in a high-risk category, right? And and I want to manage, give myself a year, all right? That sounds reasonable to me. Now, that, that's going to be a personal decision for you and your medical practitioner that you're working with, be that your MD or your naturopath or your functional medicine person, whatever. Risk assessment, right? My risk is low. I want to give this a chance. And if I can get my plaque down to zero, I'm going to publish a case study for you all. Because it's important for us to know that it's possible. It's important for the mainstream to know that it's possible as well. Okay, so that's my path. That's it. I've been I've been moving along quite happily. I've lost six pounds at least, maybe more. Uh, I'm having to cinch my belt in a little bit now um, and I'm getting abs and my obliques are sticking out. I'm looking good, right? I'm putting in the work four days a week on the gym, three at least. and then on the days off I, I ruck with my rucking pack and um, and maybe a day a week I just sit on my butt and relax. you know have a little bit of cholesterol, but mostly plants and lean meats uh, and fruits right and very low sugar as much as I can okay so that's my backstory and then before I close here I just want to give you some numbers okay because I want you to know what past numbers look like versus three months of intervention in fact some of these blood tests were sooner than three months so my my LDL my LDLC, the quote-unquote bad one this was back in January of 22 it was 198. Should not be above 100. If you're in the 200s for LDL, see, you're probably not looking so good. Um, in August of 22, that went down just slightly, not for any reason. It Just went down to 179. But since August of last year, I guess that was my last blood test that I looked at in this stuff, uh, and the current blood test, which I, I did in mid January, sorry, mid July, um, that went from 198 to 142. So hey, I'm not there but i'm going to be there I'm going to, I'm going to get down below 100 no doubt about it this is only two months later roughly all right my total cholesterol went from 285 in january 22 now it's down to 219. i looked over my lab tests over the years i keep everything since 2011 and this is the lowest cholesterol i've had since 2014. okay so roughly 10 years younger i, I had cl- i have the better cholesterol at, at almost 48 than I did at you know at 38. So I take that as a big success. Um, my HDL, my good cholesterol has always been good because I've always been pretty active. So that's never really been in question. Now, when it comes to LDL particles, remember I said the size matters and the, um, the number of them, the number of the actual particles. Remember they're just hollow bubbles that carry cholesterol. So you can have lots and lots of little ones that are empty and your LDL cholesterol looks great, But you have lots of little empty particles and they're going to get stuck just the same right so that's a problem mine happened to be full but you could still have relatively few big ones you're going to live forever that way or you could have lots and lots of little bitty ones that don't have that much in there but collectively they give you your total cholesterol and it looks high right so listen to the other episode i explained it much better anyways in january of 22 my ldl particle number was 2220. now It's considered very high if it gets above 2,000. So I qualified for very high, and and that's never a good thing to see. I have a lot of LDL particles. Remember, balls rolling across the sidewalk. If there's cracks in the sidewalk, they can get stuck. The more balls, the more get stuck. So I had lots of opportunities to start developing plaque back in january of 22 and probably sooner than, earlier than that 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 then went to 1711 and today or at least the last month it was it went down to 1457 so that puts me in that borderline zone i'll take it it's only been two months or so at that point right went from very high to borderline i'll take that any day um now my particle size i i in the past in january 22 my my small LDLs were elevated. So the reference range should be nothing greater than 527 of them and mine was 574. So I, I had way too many small LDL particles and that means that they are the ones that get lodged. Um, the current one today, 273, right? So not quite half, but but I'm now well within the tolerable and health, in fact healthy reference range you're going to have some small ones with your big ones but in large part when you look at at the kind of the whole spread of how how we have high uh, large particles of small i am well within the large pattern a protective ldl particle so i've completely changed my ldl cholesterol inside the particle i've changed the number of the particles and i have changed the size of the particles there is no statin drug that will do that you guys none zero what did that was intense cardiovascular exercise okay and and moderating the input of cholesterol into my system a little bit that red yeast rice but i'm not taking a very heavy dose i don't want to have the side effects so i I attribute it to my diet change and to my my exercise routine right those two things um what else what else? I think that that probably is enough information for you now. Oh, I, I will say one more thing. Yes. Um, I, I happen to always check my blood sugar, right? I have, a, like I say, kind of a, an athletic build for the most part. I don't eat a ton of garbage, but I do eat some. Um, and I've been having elevated fasting glucose levels for quite some time. Not too high. I'm, I'm, I didn't consider myself to be insulin resistant or, or heaven forbid diabetic, but it was uncomfortable to see Given my diet and lifestyle, my sister with diabetes and all that, um, I, I was checking my insulin along with that because, as, as you might have listened from a previous episode, I talked about HOMA scores. HOMA is a way of looking at insulin resistance in a very sensitive way. And my insulin levels um, back in May of this year were 8.9, which is not above the high end of the range of, of 24.9. That's for diabetics. But it's a little high for my liking from a functional perspective so i was able to get it down from 8.9 to 3.7 which is looking real good and that put my homa score from a 2.6 which qualifies as insulin resistance i believe i shared that in my my homa um, discussion and in mid-july so literally two months later 1.0 so a 1.0 or better or below puts you in the insulin sensitive category. That's the opposite of diabetes. That is like super awesome insulin guy (laughs) or gal, right? Um, So I'm tickled pink by that because if you're having insulin resistance mechanisms, even if they're very subtle, they're going to make you have smaller, denser, more dangerous cholesterol particles. You're gonna have higher triglycerides. You know, all that stuff is gonna happen, right? That's the other thing that I changed. My triglycerides went from 128, which is still below the mainstream range of 150. um, But I got that down to 82. So exercise, you guys. Exercise. That's it. That's what did it. Uh, So I'm on a roll and I'm pleased. And I'm happy to share this with you because you could be this person, right? You might be thinking that everything's healthy and great, but, you know, it, it never hurts to look. All right, $100 to order a a coronary artery scan is what did it for me. And I got to find out about this brewing cardiovascular situation in my 40s. Most of the time you find out in your late 60s when you have your first cardiac event, right? I don't need that to happen. I don't want cardiac events. I want to be awesome and hike mountains for as long as I possibly can. And that is my goal. So I'll keep you up to date. Um, This is a work in progress. And if any of this resonates, you don't be shy and reach out. There is help out there um, above and beyond what we're told in our 15 minutes in our doctor's appointment. So I do hope that helps. I'm sorry for my, my quick um, my pace of my talking today. It was uh, a lot of information and I try to keep it below 30 minutes. I'm now at 40 almost. So if you made it with me, thank you for your attention. I do hope it was interesting. I do hope it's helpful and enlightening And I love this kind of work. So you guys take care. You be well. You move your bodies. Eat your veggies. And love each other. Okay, that's it. That's all I have to say today. Thank you so much. This is Dr. Jim Chaltis and this is a functional approach. Bye-bye.